Welcome back to Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and this is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's guest is my new friend, Deborah Silverman. Deborah is very interesting because she is a psychologist. She has a master's in clinical psychology, and she is an astrologer. Astrology is one of those things that makes some people completely shut down and makes some people's ears perk up. Uh, I personally am pretty neutral on astrology. Uh, I found my experience with it when my chart was read by Deborah, for example, or other people. Uh, it seems pretty congruent. So uh, I'm not mad at it. Um, it's made sense with most people that I've dated, most people that I've like looked into it with. So I think it seems like a, a viable tool. I just wouldn't personally put, you know, I wouldn't put the house on it, um, but just to use it as a passive tool to be able to kind of touch on and see if you can extract something from it, I think it's fantastic. And there is no better person on the planet better than Deborah. She is the OG of astrology. She works with some of the biggest names on the planet. Uh, she's written books on it. She hosts podcasts about it. She's been doing it for I think close to 50 years or so. So she is literally the legit OG of astrology and I'm very grateful and excited to get to bring her to y'all today. She is so sweet and I think you guys are going to really appreciate her. She has a very dynamic, uh, vivacious personality. I think she's hilarious. I think you guys are going to like her a lot. Uh, that's it. That's all. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for leaving us reviews. Thanks for doing you. And that's it. That's all. Let's go to it with my gal, Deborah Silverman. Debo. I love Debers. Can I, can I, uh, those are definitely two nicknames that have come to me before. <laughs> I'm impressed that you went right into my family lineage. Didn't waste any time at all. <clears throat> what the hell is astrology? No, like, no, we're not going there first. What just I, happened? We did a breath exercise. We're uh, just going to skip right over that. Yeah, well, the breath exercise is like a, it's like a reset. It's like a chapter change. I know. I just and want to then, acknowledge that was so, I'm a swimmer. So holding my breath is one of my favorite things to do. Oh, it's so good. And it resets. And people everything. don't know that. So can we just start the podcast by saying every podcast he does, he makes his person, whoever's interviewing, <laughs> take a deep breath, hold their breath. I'm surprised they can do it without dying soon. And then <clears throat> entering into a podcast with an open mind that just consciously <coughs> breathed. It's so yeah, there's powerful. Only, there's, a, there's only been like one, maybe two times where the guest was like, I'm not into that. I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no problem. And then can we just again break the bonds of the normal podcast and say how we met and that we were sitting next to each other last week in New York City and yeah. we were so cute. And I was like, wait, who's this guy? <laughs> I, prefer, then, str I prefer strong and handsome. Okay, well, I'm just telling the truth. You can't tell me what to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that won't be happening. Mr. Sag rising. You're not going to boss me around. That was very, that was very cute. I received yeah. that. Yeah, you were so cute and you were so present. I was like, I, first of all, I hate parties. Let's start there. So yeah. I don't do, I don't do well. If, like I literally am there with my watch going tick, 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 tick. But then you showed yeah. up and I was like, oh, I love this guy. Yeah, you have an interesting <laughs> way. It seems as though you're you're living on a plane of reality where you are an acknowledgement that this is like theater of sorts. Totally. You got it. You nailed it. So I, I come out of character. I come out of the, I become the narrator that's standing on the stage going, what are they doing over there? And that makes yeah. life much more interesting to me. Yeah. And something that I was curious about you, and then I listened to, to probably five different podcasts with you in preparation for this. But when I meet people like yourself who have this like kind of like theatrical uh, jubilance, I'm usually curious if there's like deep sadness behind that. Oh, I suffer from depression. <laughs> Let's just yeah. call it right out. Oh, yeah. I don't understand yeah. this reality. I find it very um, painful. I find this existence very painful. And you and I have something mm. similar in our charts, which is mm. a deep, compassionate access to collective pain. So, yeah, I mm. entertain myself by the hour. I mean, why not, said the theater, theatrical yeah. personality type. Don't you? Yes. It seems like you, it seems like maybe we have similar comparisons. Emotions are very heavy for me. Um, and I, I do have a tendency of being quite like theatrical and like, you know, a silly bitch. Uh, and then there's also some, like something I've heard you say on somebody's podcast was breaking down the, the, the uh, like another iteration of wisdom. 
and it was like I'm how did you how did you say half wise and half dumb yeah and it was like, well, but do you remember what you said in the, in in this specific one? It was something like, I have it, I have it written down. If you don't remember, yeah, I but it was said, like, here's what I said. If you think right. of the word wisdom, half of it is your know-it-all. You've studied, you've taken all these classes, you're listening to this podcast, your mind is so open. And the other half of you, please be honest, is you're dumb, yeah. you're stupid. The, what you said specifically that hit me was, I'm wise enough to know that I long for love and intimacy, and I'm dumb enough to know that I get scared uh, if I'm alone too long. Did I say that? That was good, Deb. Yeah, I think it was good. Well, well done, Deb. Uh, and that was something. So something that I, I I feel like I've kind of observed within myself is some level of codependency in a relationship. And I can just notice myself kind of like getting a little bit anxious and creating stories of like, oh, like, you know, they're drifting away and they don't love me and all these different things. Uh, how has that experience been for you? That's exactly what we have in our chart that's similar. We both. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's embarrassing. Why did you oh, so call this that like out right off the top? This is predestined. Yeah, we both have sun in the eighth house, which is where the position of where the sun is when you're born is very relevant to the theme of your lifetime. So if the sun's on the very top of the sky, at the zenith of the sky, that's called noon, being born at noon. They're very yeah. ambitious people because think about it. But you and I are born right as the sun is getting ready to go down. And there's that part of us that feels if we're not connected, if we're not bonded, if there's not somebody to hold hands with or kiss or cuddle with. That's why I was I had my hands all over you. Remember you yeah. were sitting next to each other and I just kept touching you? I thought, first yeah. of all, this guy's got a body made out of something that's not normal. And second yeah. of all, he seems so cuddly. And then I found out you were cancer. And then I found out you had son in the eighth house and you need intimacy to feel like you're alive. <laughs> gotcha. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. And I was terrified of relationships for the first probably two thirds of my, well, really, I, I would say I only opened myself up to relationships in any significant way in the last like five years. And for all through my 20s, I was never in any real significant relationships. I was in one when I was young, like 18 to 21 or so. Uh, and then after that, was just completely closed and just didn't have enough emotional availability to really be able to entertain that. Did you and, know that you're double? Do you know your chart at all? Do you speak <coughs> astrology at all, Aaron? Um, I've had, I've, I've heard people kind of purvey the different, different parts of it, you know, a handful of times stack. over the years, but no, I don't really know it. Okay, so your yeah. sun and your moon are in water signs. Your sun's in Cancer, your moon's in Scorpio. So your emotional body is like an ocean. And when you get triggered or you get vulnerable, it's like a wave comes over. And you know how water doesn't dry? It takes a while. You're like, yeah. uh-oh, I'm in a mood. Uh-oh, I'm yeah. feeling scared. Don't tell anyone. And it's very nonverbal. And they're just kind of – so I appreciate that in a young 20-year-old man who wasn't you know, educated on how to use his sensitivity, water – the first yeah. element we're going to talk about, people tend to either freeze and turn to ice and pretend they're not emotional and act dumb because they can't admit it, or they go home in their bedroom. They don't want to come out because they don't want to reveal their vulnerability. Mm. Yeah, I've always had a deep desire to reveal vulnerability. It's more been like a, a, a deep, simultaneously deep sensation of loneliness. Exactly. And that is the nature of water, is the desire for merging and then the lack of satisfaction that occurs when people don't touch you at the deepest level. You're like, go deeper. <laughs> go deeper. And if they don't, you're, you're left with, see, I was with you and I still feel alone. What's up with that? Interesting. How does one navigate that? Well, once you're aware, this is my whole life's work, is called the observer. Once yeah. you're aware that you're double water, if I was Aaron and I had sun and cancer, moon and Scorpio, I'd be like, what is going? Oh, I get it. I resist the very thing I want, there's a sabotager in me that's scared. On the other hand, when I merge and I bond, I have super glue and I'm in the mafia. And if you don't stay close to me, I'm going to feel as though the cold winds of the Arctic just came to my house. So you've got these yeah. extreme natures, your observers on, you look over at your personality, your ego structure, and you go, ah, he's so cute. Yeah. That's the only way to get through it. Because otherwise you could feel really bit like, Big, giant capacity as a man. And cancers are bodybuilders. Who knew that? That this man's like in his body. He's dancing through life. And he's like, where is everybody? Hmm. Interesting. I wonder how astrology relates to relationships. Because I'm, I'm dating a girl. Uh, her birthday is August 23rd. And she is the opposite of me in relation to conflict. And so her thing is like she wants to be alone. And she wants to like go find her regulation and sort herself out. And then I'm a fixer. And I'm like, I can't 
leave this alone until we get this fixed and until we find connection. And uh, it can be like quite painful at times. How does that, how does well, that, how, that's, how does that's not compatible, hundred percent incompatible, unless mm. you sit down together and say, I need you to fulfill my need for intimacy and connection. I need to give you space and freedom. How can yeah. we manage that without misinterpreting that if I take the neediness will be misinterpreted or the independence will be misinterpreted. And that's yeah. where astrology is so powerful because you, 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 it's incompatible until you've got your observer on and you're like, oh, you weren't doing that to hurt my feelings. Well, you could say simultaneously a person that's, that's kind of like diametrically opposed is your greatest teacher to kind of fulfill those parts. Of no, that's my that, point. That you're lacking. That's yeah. my point. It's incompatible until, <laughs> until you, the observer until you is on. The observer, the awareness, the conscious articulation of the dynamic. Without the conscious articulation of the dynamic, you will constantly try to change the other. Hmm. And that's what makes relationships fail. Who created astrology? It wasn't me. Uh, I mean, I wish <laughs> I could take I've heard you say it. that it's, it's I, like the oldest science. It's been around since Egypt. I've also heard you say that like, we don't really know where it came from. Like, what the hell? What's going on? Okay, I'm just, I love that you listen to my podcast. The short answer is it was brought to us by a higher intelligence that is impeccable, always on time, very accurate, unbelievably healing, and has a timeless gift that never, ever stops giving. So let's I start there. Matcha, matcha teal over my crotch, Deb. That's exciting. You want to take a picture? <laughs> Wait, what? It happened. Okay, well, thank you for sharing here. It was, we can, it we can share time. our green juices. Oh, you're drinking it? That's good. We're the same, same channel. You just got so distracted, Sag Rising. Let's go back to that. <laughs> um, the function of astrology is a more interesting question. The source of it as the original source, I hate to say this, but I'm going to tell you this. I think it was ETs. Hmm. I think it was brought to us by a higher intelligence that's way advanced, just the way they can space, time, travel, come in and out of awareness in a second. Astrology was brought to us by a very sophisticated intelligence that unfortunately our intelligence doesn't have the wherewithal to be able to download their system without altering it, which is what we've done. But most of yeah. all, we cannot see the original source. But would I love to meet those people? <laughs> <laughs> and you said it came it, the earliest dating it goes 4, back to years. Egyptian times? Yeah, Mesopotamia. It's the oldest written symbology, cryptic, hieroglyphic language that we know on Earth that has sustained time. It's been able to it's been able to survive. Like they see the same hieroglyphics you see. I'm looking at your chart right now. And yeah. that's exactly what they executed back four thousand years ago. So what does that say? It's the backdrop of the whole conversation, but I'm writing a book called I Don't Believe in Astrology because everybody goes, I don't believe in astrology. I'm like, what do you mean you don't believe in astrology? It believes in you. <laughs> but it's true. And we were both sharing Aaron Rodgers' birthday. He came. You know the story? This is the best story. I came to give him a reading. I had no idea. I don't know football. I had yep. Mr. Aaron. I met him. I went in the backyard at his house in Malibu and I gave him a reading <laughs> and I watched his face go, Ooh, like that kind of slow motion, like face melting. And then he said, what are you doing in my head? Yeah. And I was like, this is the gift of astrology. And he studied, he took level one, he took level two and he is a brilliant astrologer. And then he yeah, put it very good with it and he put a tattoo on his arm. Yeah, yeah, he's excellent with it. Um, so how, if we were to try to, maybe it's just not possible, maybe it's like a, a language barrier, but if we were to try to scienceify um, some description. Well, first of all, that's of not a word. You made that word up. I know. Well, I feel like we're going to probably have to bend language in order to, to, to correct right, what's going on right. with astrology. Okay. So Science by astrology. Well, yeah. it's, it, as a practitioner of almost 50 years, way before you were born, I can yeah. tell you that every single session I do, and I mean... I came to it as a skeptic. That's why the book's called I Don't Believe in Astrology. Like, this doesn't even make sense. But then when you realize that the moon is directly affecting the tides, which the farmer almanac can predict up and down, they know exactly where it's going to go. The woman's cycles are completely ruled by the moon every 28 days, predictable as clockwork. We never have to have one deviation at all, including Mercury retrograde, without prediction. It's so stable and constant and steady eddy. What on earth? is steady Eddie yep. and never, ever, ever deviates. Name one thing. <coughs> My insecurities. Oh, there you go. 
Oh, my God, that was such a good little clip. You could just do that. What on earth is trustworthy to last forever that has not ever deviate? My insecurity is spoken. Do you think it's some type of, like, if we were to scienceify it? What are you insecure about, Erin? You're so handsome and you're so present and you're a great dancer and you've got a great career. Help me with this. Oh, no. I don't think I'm really actually that insecure, honestly. I think it's the... The collective pain body that you can't distinguish from your own. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it's like it's like an ongoing yearning for more and an ongoing sensation that I'm not doing enough. Okay, and that's not, not like, you. That's not you. That is the pressure of Saturn. When you were born, you don't even care about astrology. When you were born, I do care. Oh, I okay, really do. well, I'm going to tell you something very important right now. Yeah. When you were born on the eastern horizon <laughs> with Saturn, it only happens yeah. once a day for about 25 minutes. There was Saturn. Saturn rules bones, government, structure, teeth. Anything that's like, and so solid. So your whole life with Saturn sitting there on the horizon, staring at you, it's saying, what are you doing, Aaron? What are you doing? Mm. What are you producing? Are you getting anything done? Are you of any value at all? What have you done? What's your purpose? You're like, excuse me. Did did someone invite you in because you can't stop talking? Yeah. He never leaves you alone. Yeah. Okay, now, now, now here we go. Once the observer's on, once you're awake, I don't know if you're awake. Do you think you're awake? Uh, I oscillate. Because you're in a closet, so I'm a little worried. <laughs> yeah, we're not in, um, in, in, I'm in New Jersey right now, so it's not exactly like the, the premier podcast studio. Okay, but you are in a closet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we need to get you out of the closet. So in order to have, <laughs> so in order for our, us to turn the observer on, we notice these little details. He's in a closet. We notice that Saturn is sitting on your body always telling you you should be doing more. And once you're aware, you get to say, well, I'm not really in a closet. That's silly. And by the way, yes, Saturn does bug me all the time. And now that I know, where is the free will button? Hmm. It's the little red door behind your head. You open it up, you sit down, and you go, Saturn, excuse me, you are not in charge. This is your mantra. You say to that guy who bugs you all the time, excuse me, I am doing great. I don't know what gave you the right to constantly nudge me. And once you become aware of that, because it's really strong, I'm just going to let you know, it is sitting on your rising sign. Coupled with what we talked about earlier, that your sun and moon are in water. So imagine someone saying to you, what are you doing? What are you doing? And your emotional body's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're like, I'm trying to manage this wild water works that's going on in me. And that's the right answer. If I was Aaron, I would have to learn meditation, taking deep breaths, learning how to actually value my own separate energetic body so I don't take on the world or the girlfriend. Yeah. And I really live inside my own structures. Happy mm. birthday to you. And the day you figure out how to hold your boundaries intact, you, you've got a very cool chart. You're just the yummy guy. <laughs> Secret sauce. <laughs> You got yum yum all over this chart. Is there a person that you connect with that you're like, oh, you kind of have a shitty chart? Oh, yeah. What's that like? Well, that's somebody who's got conflict. Someone listening to this right now, where one half of them is loves attention and one half of them is really shy. One half of them is an extrovert and loves being around people, and the other one has no attention at all to anyone's story. I mean, they are separate and pulled with taut tension that prevents them from being able to relax in their own skin. That's not fun. Hmm. Or they're face-to-face with trauma, drama, death. They came in this lifetime to do the really hard path to see if they could keep their heart open. That's not fun. Yeah. The last, what's your work? What's, what's your, oh, your I'm, process? I'm here. I'm, I am a serious workaholic. Yeah. I, I, have a, I have the same thing you have, a very strong Saturn. I, I don't ever get to um, la, la, la. No, I don't get to do that. I have a very strong energetic body that gets, like you, I'm a dancer. You know, did I tell you this? My original degree was in dance therapy. Oh, cool. I love that. So, so like amazing. you, I was always about, my lifetime has always been about embodiment. That's your, uh, on the back of your card, I heard you say you, you had uh, the pleasure of being in your body. I was going to ask you about that. Can we just say it once more? The, the pleasure, pleasure of being in your body. The pleasure of being in a body. I know. Nobody ever got it. It's such a good catch. That's so your chart, yum yum factor. Um, yeah. 
yeah, there's very few people that realize the whole point of this exercise is to find pleasure in the body. Hmm. Isn't that yummy? Hmm. I love being in a body. I don't like the human condition. And I don't, and that's why I live in the tropics. So every single day I just get kissed. And you know what? I sleep outside where the that's, wind, the wind is always. Where do you actually sleep? You sleep on like a, uh, like, like a porch? on a lanai, yeah, with no windows. Oh, cool. I love that. And so something that's interesting about you is you have a, it seems like you have this very impressive, like a fountain of youth thing going on. <laughs> what sage words of wisdom would you present to someone that wants to, I mean, I have some ideas, I think of, of what's going on with you of why, of, of how and why you've maintained that. But like what sage words of wisdom would you suggest? For I want to hear what you've longevity? perceived. I'm more interested in your little psychic Pisces or what was that? Cancer Scorpio. You're like a yeah, lie detector. Sure, yeah. yeah. You go into people, <clears throat> you go into their, yeah. you, you find yourself in them. And I'm really a fun one. Yeah. Um, I would be interested to hear what you see as my resource. Yeah, you're elaborate, I would say. Like I like I have kind of like a visual experience of that of like going into people. Um and but the in, in that specific part uh, I feel like you have like a lot of uh, there's like a lot of doors that have like, you know, I haven't I haven't been able to observe and they're probably, you know, they're a little bit more like sensitive doors. Um but the part that I think makes you so forever young, it seems, is your attitude. And you're like, you maintain a very like childlike lens in the world. And I think that that's like the strongest thing that any person can do. Like if you, you know, it's like the, the Chesterton quote, angels fly because they, they take themselves lightly. I think that that's probably like your main key to cellular success is you take yourself lightly. I do. It's the funniest thing. You, why is it making me laugh? Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is so funny. And I quote that quote all the time. <laughs> that, that same one? Yeah, that one about it's the angels so take themselves lightly. I would say that there's something to be said that now your culture and your generation really get this, which makes me so happy. There's something to be said about how we eat. Mm. So at a very young age, I stopped doing dairy and I stopped doing meat. I was in my, before I was even a teenager. I did not, I refused to eat meat. And I think it's contributed to this electric system in my body has been a conduit. I was very aware. So it's the water I drink. It's the food that I eat. It's the, the stuff, the vitality. That's a big part. And I really yep. love, um, I've learned so much from Shervine and Symbotica. <laughs> you know, there's different product lines that I have yeah, sure. really noticed. Um, but you're absolutely right. The bottom note of everything is that I'm probably about six years old. I don't know yeah. what happened if I got like the wrong button got pushed or something. Benjamin buttons, my friends call me. I don't know what happened because yeah. I'm going to be and 70. And, and you've chosen to place yourself in, in nature, which is, which is a big deal. Every single day. As I reach 70, I can see the friends that are my age that I grew up with and I'm watching their bodies and I'm like, Oh yeah. If you're 70 in a city, you're probably going to get, start noticing, Breaking. you know, yeah. The cells will start to. And I think you and I share a very common often. value about movement as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then movement. So that comes into emotional health, you know, and so that's like the way that a person moves is the way that a person uh, feels. You know, and you can you can start to interpret. I'm sure you went through all of this in, in like a very deep way with your, with your background, but you can you know interpret a dance. You can interpret emotion, and be able to express things within you that you didn't necessarily even know that you had access to. But suddenly you start to physically emote them, and you actually get to you know almost have like a cathartic, like purgative experience through which that is, physical expression. Which is why I swim. I find swimming. Um, I scream under the water. I, you know, nice. I. I I pretend I'm a. I do a lot of pretending I'm a dolphin. Why is that funny? It's just true. Don't tell. I let it rip, and I do a lot of dolphin stuff. I, I'm under the. When I swim, it's the funniest thing. I look like a sperm. I have these, I have these little flippers on, and so the flippers go, and I keep my arms out. And I pretend I'm Superwoman, and I do it a lot. Do you think the root of what's going on here on planet Earth with things like the Mayan calendar and things like astrology and things of the like, do you think it's the only thing that like acceptable suggestion for that would be ET? 
What do you think? You're such a good questionnaire, but I think you have the answers. <laughs> what do you think, Aaron? I don't know. Yes, I would say. I would say yes. I, I think it's it makes really sense. It's really arrogant of worlds us before worlds before worlds. Yeah, it's very arrogant of us to not know that we are in such a closed system with a poor yeah. operating system that has such a limitation on being able to remember the past, future pace, and have any sense of compassion. We're kind of a broken species. Mm. <clears throat> That's what my book is about. There is some design faults that are built into the system that must be addressed. Here we go. Turn on the observer. Don't judge it. Just name it. You know, we're, you and I are emotional, needy sucks. Let's tell the truth. Yep. At the low sure. level, I'm an emotional, needy, conforming, mushy <clears throat> little kid. Would we do well in relationship? Yeah. Because uh, we I, would just get sucked into each other. And then I would be able to say to you, you know what? You, I would be the one, like your girlfriend, that would say, you have to go now. Um, and you wouldn't get your feelings here because I would have explained it. Like you have to, and then you would you would thrive. Because, well, we're doing a lot. We're doing a lot better. <clears throat> like we've gone through, and we we actually have like protocols for exactly. For and so that's like I'm learning, and it, it's becoming something that's actually valuable for me. Where I'm actually, she's she now. I think before she just assumed that I knew that there was love, but like I don't because I create like the worst case possible scenarios and stories. And so now we've done much, much better job at, at just having better protocols with it. You are so lovable, Aaron. You're so lovable. There's certain people <laughs> that you just meet and you just go, can I just sit closer? <laughs> you okay if I just like sit in that? Like, I have a friend here, who, a man who stays with me and I had to say to him, I told him the same thing I did to you. The same thing happened to him. I met him and I said, I have to just explain myself. I touch people that I like. Yeah. So you can't take this wrong if I pet you. Yeah. But lots of people don't. Inv- See, that's the kid in me. Every kid grabs somebody's hand and gives them a hug and snuggles up and says, can we cuddle? What well, that's like, your, that's like your, um, this sounds like a wanky, pretentious thing to say, but it's the only thing that comes to mind. It's like your carnal truth. Like, like we run on contact. We run on touch. It's like a nutrient. Doesn't everybody? Yes. But there's been stories that have kind of created separation with that. Kind of? It's like me, me, me too. And, you know, all this like fear and like, oh, so you just create separation and then you go into your own little like lonely. Don't you, isn't it interesting lonely, when, we're on, when we're on drugs or we're on alcohol or we're in an altered state, we get yeah. also loving and mushy and people want to touch each other and they want to snuggle yeah. and cuddle. Yeah. That's the real self. I think that's yourself. That I I admit that I have a huge appetite to your point. Where you and I share this to intimacy. However, if you don't smell right, you got to go. Sure. Yeah. Of course. It's it's a it's an energetic, subtle. I don't know how do you describe that. It's there's a word for it. Um, what's that word when people smell funny and you like it? I don't know. Not hormone, but hormones. No. Oh, pheromone. Yeah, pheromones. Yeah, pheromones. And that's yeah, you are so aware of this. The invisible world and the chemistry that occurs. I want anyone listening to this right now. Think about the person. Like when my kid walks in the room, I have to put my hands all over him. Hmm. I, there's no way. It's like the dog. The dog yeah. wants you to cuddle him. The kitty cat's waiting for that hum sound because yeah. we are built as primal entities. And your gift as a dancing, moving male is to give people permission to come back to that yeah. incredible organic child in you that's only yeah. six years old. And I, for some reason, I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got like this. But I've been like this since I was, like, not as a kid, I was very, it's funny to say this, I was very serious because I lived in so much stress. But as a grown-up, I just keep going the wrong direction. I want to take a moment and share about one of the only supplements that I bring with me when I travel and the thing that I drink first thing when I get up every morning. That is a scoop of AG1. I'm a big fan of AG1. I have been for years. Uh, reason being, it's a one-stop shop to make sure I'm covering the bases for my vitamins, my minerals, and also prebiotics and probiotics. After drinking a cup of AG1, I feel fantastic. It tastes delicious. And like I said, it is one of the only things that I bring because it is so darn convenient. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why they've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash align. That's drink, D-R-I-N-K-A-G-1.com slash align. And I think you guys will really enjoy.
So your dad was, is it okay that I, we, I, I share about your dad? Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was in the mafia from what I, I, I heard you. The Jewish you mafia. Uh-huh. The Jewish mafia. And, uh, what was that like growing up? Like, what was your home like? Yeah, no. Uh, the short answer is really scary. FBI clicking our phones. They were tapped, wondering when we were driving the car, why my dad kept turning around and then realizing we were being followed. Wow. Um, dealing with a constant sense of doom, like they're coming any minute because he was in a court case for much of my high school experience and he ended up going wow. to prison more than once. Yeah, it I was had, just I had I had almost uh, a mirror experience. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, my dad now he's done really well, thankfully. It's great. We have a great relationship, um, which is like so rare because he was <clears throat> as strung out on crack as a person possibly could be without dying. Like his like life force was non-existent. His his soul was completely sucked dry. He was it was just completely depleted, and he got into pimping. Um, because he has like this Jesus Christ savior complex. And so he wanted to like protect these girls that he was around and he could like protect them better than the, you know, the other dudes that were, were quote unquote protecting them. And so he would come home and there'd be like bullet holes in the car. And it was like a whole thing where I was like rehearsing his demise, like every day, like, I don't know how many times, a lot of times. And then eventually, thankfully went to jail. And that was like the beginning of him turning everything around. Um, but very, very similar throughout my high school experience. And where did you grow up? Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's not often said. I felt that when I met you. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel that exact story. And I was like, how come I feel like I know him? We got, <laughs> we, we got traumatized and imprinted <laughs> at the early ages of not experiencing anything to do with safety. It was so dangerous at my house. Yeah. Everything was so dangerous. It was never, I never felt safe there. I didn't did know it consciously. Well, I had acne and I had ulcer. My uh, body imploded. I was a cheerleader yeah. and a gymnast and a dancer. So I did a lot of jumping up and down, which was great because to your point about the body, I released a yeah. lot of that energy. Yeah, right. I did primal scream therapy. The minute I left home, I went to university and I walked into the therapist and she started being really nice to me. And then I said to her, is there a therapist that doesn't talk? I need someone to like cry with. And she was like, For what sure. do you mean? I was like, you like me too much. You think I'm really funny. I'm not so funny. I'm fucked up and I'm depressed yeah. and I'm not showing you anything right now. And yeah. then I did a whole year of primal scream therapy. And it, to your point about your life's work, I cathartically released through my body while I was a dancer, yeah. all that pain. And so now I have a really... Calm nervous system. One of my superpowers is going to bed. <laughs> so your trauma became your your gift in a way. That was a joke. Sorry. You missed my joke. Sorry. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? One of your superpowers is being able to go to bed? Yeah. That's not a joke. That's legit. I think that's like a legit superpower. I know. It doesn't sound right though. No, that's legit. I think that's one of the most valuable superpowers, particularly if you can fall asleep on a plane. I was one. I oh, I can fall through and play. I was yeah, my good friend Sh- Shailene Woodley. She used to hang out with me a lot. And one day we was were in. A, was, that a, was that a name drop? Yeah, we were. Next. We were. We were here in um, Hawaii, and she said she watched me. And she was like, "How do you do that?" And I said, "I just turn K fuck off." You just turn what? K fuck. You know that radio station? No. Is that so a every, radio everybody, station? No. Everyone has in their head K-Fuck, where there's this radio station where it's always saying, <laughs> and I know where the off button is. And so then her big joke was, I just turned K-Fuck off. <laughs> Something that's interesting that I've found, oftentimes I feel like I can have a lot of like admiration and envy in a way for people that are like have the fortitude to be really committed to meditation and committed to like having these aesthetic practices is it aesthetic or ascetic ascetic what's what's ascetic ascetic yeah ascetic practices sorry um and something that i i realize with that is oftentimes the reason that people have the fortitude to do so is because they have no other choice wow i you know that's so interesting because i've always wondered what it is that establishes the discipline and i think you're right if i didn't 
I'm going to just name drop. When I did a reading with, um, with Madonna and I said yeah. to her, like, do you deal with depression? And she was like, if I didn't, she told me this straight up. If I yeah. didn't exercise every day, I would be depressed. And I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. And that's what you, so she has to do it. Now, these are all these famous people who gives a shit, but they have, they have some secrets or why yeah. did Dharma karma put them in the front of the story? And I pay attention when I learn something like that, that sentence about K-fuck or about exercising, I'm like on it. Well, famous, like really famous people like Madonna famous are in such an obscure social position. That's really, you know, never happened since maybe like, I don't know, King Tutankhamen or something like this. <laughs> it's like, it's a very obscure thing, <laughs> but you really don't want to be the king, you know, or the queen because then you're always in defense mode. And you're always questioning everyone's intentions, and it's just, it's like a very uncomfortable, obscure place. That's something that I've I've noticed in some of the exposure that I've had working with various different. Do a like name celebrity. drop. Just go ahead. You do one. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to do a name drop. But various different like celebrity s type people that I've I've worked with over the years, I've found oftentimes the um, side effects. Well, so the side effects, but oftentimes something I'll notice is getting in in like an uber you know when i'm like you know I'm, I'm with them and it's like the kind of the the glitz and glam and it's like the whole thing and everything's really important and everything's really serious and all that stuff and then i like take off and i just get in some like stinky uber with just some like normal people normal normal dude you know that's from puerto rico and he's driving a civic and he's got like a muffler in the back or whatever and he's like totally chill and he's like totally happy. He's like, I just got here from Puerto Rico, bro. Like, I'm stoked. I'm riding Uber. Like, this is a good life. I I'm like, bro, like, you're legit. Like, this is the shit. Because those people, the side effects of being one of those people, which, I, which is similar to you, I spent, <laughs> I spent time working with them as well. And I'm always so happy to come home. Yeah. Yeah, to get out of that. To get in the Uber with the Puerto Rican guy. That's like... Thank you, thank you, thank you, life, for keeping me humble. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. There's something really valuable about nobody giving a shit. Well, this whole thing is a movie. A Excuse me, everyone listening to this. You're in a movie, and your character is so convincing, you can't get your stupid mask off. Try. <laughs> so you're stuck with you, and it's super glue, and you can't get it off you. Now, the question is, said the astrologer, what yeah. is the agreement you made? Because this is what astrology is. This is my school. I asked this question. What did you come here for? What was the agreement you made? You, Mr. Aaron, said, I'm going to go down and be super sensitive and teach men how to be in their bodies and do it with, with humor, but I will not stop working. Saturn on the Ascendant. And that's what you agreed to. It's so great to have it simplified. So then you say, oh, so my sensitivity is the gift that I just, ooh, it's not a gift. The sensitivity was my job description. Yeah. Thanks for telling me. So now I stop complaining about being yeah. a mush push. Yeah, something I wrote down that you had said is astrology is about becoming comfortable with the job description you signed up for. What do you mean by that? I just wish that everyone did what you did. Take notes and quote me. Um, <laughs> let's see. You can't argue with fate. You can't argue. And with what them. is and who and who is you? That's the better question. Okay, so let's first talk about you came in with a stupid little cute personality that's stuck to you with super glue. You can't take it off without the observer. You're stuck in behaviors that are automatic, instinctive, and reactionary. Who are you? Better question. You are a soul who took on the stupid story. And by the way, when you finish here, you're not going to remember a thing. Nothing. Your memory is going to fall away. And when I meet Aaron again sitting next to him at a party, at a very famous celebrity party, I'm going to say, I swear to God, I've met you before. And that's how it felt when I met you. Yeah. Didn't it feel like that to you? Yeah. Yeah. I had a very like kindred spirit type relation to you. And that's because the connection of soul memory, which is not in the left brain, we have no recall. It's a feeling and you specialize in feeling Mr. Double Water. And so I have it too. So we energetically matched and went resonance, beep, beep, smells good, beep, beep, go ahead, touch them. That's what I did. So uh, the there's something very gratifying about that, just having the, um, I guess, permission to be yourself. Well, that's my specialty this lifetime. That's what I do. I walk around the world and I tickle people to see their behaviors and then I ask them their birth dates and then I say to them, oh, no wonder you're sad rising. You think everything's funny. Hmm. You're sad rising. Your soul's funny. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, most most – 
I knew that from listening to other podcasts. You said the Sag is like a like a sage sign because you laugh at everything. I have a very like Buddha laugh vibe. Like I'm like that's kind of that's something that I identify with, and it's something I appreciate about myself. Um, my general tendency is just to have like a big old laugh at almost everything. I'm so happy for you. Oftentimes that big old laugh can come from actually a place of like being uncomfortable, and it's like my default mode is just to laugh. And oftentimes it's actually coming from genuine joy. But generally speaking, a big old honking laugh is like my one of my go-to tools to like move through life. Listen, use it all you'd like. It's the best <laughs> medicine. It makes every one of your organs shake. What happens when you laugh? <laughs> like everything, you can't think. You're yeah. just all of a sudden the whole thing gets funny. And thank God for Sagittarius. I am so grateful. <laughs> yeah. It's the sign. Where, where so from a health perspective, what can people learn about astrology to um, be beneficial from like a physiological perspective, or does it not really enter into that realm so much? Or like understanding elements, for example. What was the question? From a health perspective, because a lot of astrology. Yeah, let's leave associated. astrology and talk about the elements for health. That's a much better question. That's kind. Of, that's kind. Of, that's kind of my thought. Yeah. <clears throat> that's kind of. That's where we ended. You were right. If yeah. you, if every single day of my life, I honor the four elements as though I was worshiping and devoted to the creative powers that establish life itself. You cannot live without water. You cannot live without air. Hmm. You can't live without food. And you can't live without your red blood, heartbeat, fire moving through your body. It's impossible. So if I spend every day in devotion to those four elements, I am going to be healthy. Yep. If I neglect my sadness, my tears, my meditation, my quiet, my vulnerability, and pretend it's not there and freeze it. It's depression. If I stop talking and I get super confused and I'm not committed and I can't do relationship and I don't want to tell the truth. If I stop taking care of my food and I eat shit food and I'm not really grounded and I find myself slightly off schedule and I'm not really cleaning my shit up and I have this really icky feeling that I'm off. Or if I'm not having orgasms and I'm not laughing at someone's jokes or listening to podcasts that make me giggle and they make me think new thoughts, go home. Is that bad? <laughs> no, it's not bad. Like if you're not going to follow the four elements based on what the indigenous cultures that we dip, we completely disrespected, we disked them. If we yep. could come back to basics, I wrote a book called the missing element. And the subtitle is inspiring compassion for the human condition. Just be nice. We're all fucked up. I, the new book that I wrote, I wanted to call it you're fucked up and I still like you. Yep. They, they wouldn't let me. That's like the, you know, be kind for everyone is fighting a great war inside themselves. That's paraphrased. I don't know how that goes. Exactly. It's so true. Yeah, I like yeah. it. It's interesting when you, you know, you mentioned, you know, I'm like a, like a sensitive bro guy. Uh, it's interesting when you do lead with more vulnerable bits, how quickly and not always, sometimes not, but typically how um, open people are to be vulnerable. They're waiting you know, for you, Aaron. Men need you so bad to make it safe for them. Hmm. You're doing such good work. It's the most important. I always say, I wish I could have led men's liberation. They needed someone to stand up and say, it's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to say you're, you're so scared. It's okay to say women are taking over. They're everywhere. Women are everywhere. They're taking over the universe. <laughs> what about the guys? <laughs> yeah, white middle-aged guys. Like there's, it's not trendy it's not to, sh to show them much support, but like, I think generally, like statistically speaking, they're, um, they're hurting. I know. So thank you for your work. And thank you for being an example of a man who lived through what your dad role modeled and you went all the way to healing him. That is the nature of a cancer male. Take on the mm -hmm. pain body, make mm -hmm. your body really strong so you can handle the pain and then become very gentle and soft and love everybody in exchange for all that pain. Yeah. So for the person could, um, how could they incorporate the elements in a tangible way into their daily life? You just eat like, my book. Go buy the book. Eat, the yeah. Did you say eat your, eat your book? Yeah. The missing element. You've got to get to know every element and start doing it every day. Like, like, you know what your missing element is? You probably don't even know this. No, I don't know. You have no air in your chart. So when it comes time um, to people talking chit chat, like you did pretty good at that party, but you're not good at it. Are you? I can be great. It's it it varies. It's like if I it's get extreme. on one, yeah. If if I get on one, I can be like, like, 
in observation of myself, I, I can be great. Uh, oftentimes, uh, it's not. It's it's very hit or miss. Because you have no air in your chart, and you've got yeah, that's just the story. The, the air is the quality of socializing and social media and dippy doo dah and conversations and you know just being so comfortable with people. And you're so deep. Hmm. If someone's not real and authentic, especially because you feel the whatever that is, the feelies. You're like when you meet someone, your little antennas go. Yeah. And then you get a read. But there's an availability to have compassion for that person and to be able to feel through that. It's just a matter of how open and vulnerable they're willing to be with themselves, which oftentimes people in that situation, they just have closed doors and they're not really willing to enter into those. But there's still the availability to be compassionate for those, um, you know, so, super so true. Qualities. So without doing name drops, because I'm not going to do another celebrity name drop, but I could, at that party... <laughs> I had someone sitting next to me who didn't under, didn't like astrology, didn't believe in it. But because yeah. I'm an astrologer, I have the gift. This is what astrology gives you. I spoke straight to his soul. And he looked at yeah. me and he was like, you're scaring me. But that's the gift of astrology is you get an x-ray vision into someone's psyche. And you can learn it so quickly by just learning the elements. The first class of my school, it's only six weeks, is the yeah. elements. Like I knew he was water and he didn't want to tell me. And I snuck in the back door, and he was like, that was fun. I like doing so that. So your school, it starts in January. Is it already closed up? No, it's just starting. You're perfect timing. It's only twice a year. In January, the end of January, it opens, and in September. So it's, oh, it's cool. every year. We only have it twice a year. And you can sign up now. You, I want you to take it, because I'm telling you, you would be a natural, as Aaron Rodgers displayed. <laughs> Who would have thought a football player? <laughs> would be such a good astrologer yeah i'd love to check it out uh where do people find that well i have an immersion coming up in january where they get a free week of me interviewing super cool people that i'm not going to say their names because you don't want me to name drop and then um <laughs> no i'm and, neutral on it. You and then away. and then the school starts and it's once a week you pick the time you know nothing about astrology you're a beginner or maybe you know a little bit, but you're kind of just a beginner. And then you go through the classes and you study your own chart. Like you would find out that Saturn's sitting on your ascendant. And then you'd go, Saturn, the old man, the principal at the high school, he's kind of grumpy. He doesn't leave me alone. Hmm. Isn't that true? Hmm. Did, yeah. you hear, did you hear the bird? Yeah, I heard the bird. How long have you been quiet? I'll be the first podcast that you've ever had a bird whistle. <laughs> Um, I've been in Hawaii for almost 40 years. I live half-time oh, in Hawaii shit. and half-time in Colorado. I spend the summers in, in Boulder. Good for you. How's your experience with relationship? With the birds or with humans? Humans. I am very gifted at friendship. Like I am, yep. I should be the picture postcard girl because my father was in the mafia <laughs> and those people were in love with each other to the day they died. They were merged and they lived with each other and they gave each other everything. Um, yeah. At romantic relationships, I'm not an easy character to hang out with because I'm a little quirky. <laughs> you could use that a little short. I'm a little quirky. Really? But you're hot and you're like a good time. I think it's a little tricky because my age is confusing. Like the people that are my age. Oh, right. They kind of suck. And they look at me and they go, why is she so excited and what's she doing now? Right. So it's not easy. It was easier when I was younger. I have definitely had amazing, beautiful, true love stories. But it's this age. It's a little bit different. Yeah. What is that process like? Well, during COVID, I became best friends with loneliness. And I yeah. started. <laughs> and we really have a great relationship now. And then after that happened, everything changed. I'm not kidding. Huh. How did you deal with that? You just, just through exposure therapy? I was so, so, so in my sadness when Thanksgiving and Christmas, the kids weren't here and nobody was here and I was by myself and there was yeah, nobody on the side. Um, I really went into a creative mode. I did a lot of creativity. That was fun. And I yeah. touched loneliness and I realized, I mean, you know, people talk about this, but I had a direct experience of genuinely falling in love with God, life, Deborah, and saying, mm. okay, I could cry how much I miss the human contact. And thank you so much, trees and wind and ocean and the kisses that I got from the flowers. And I changed my relationship with aloneness. 
and it's never gone away. Is the only way to do that through exposure therapy, or that's is there like a, I I don't a know. I, no, I don't think there's a softer. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. I only know that I would never have chosen it. <laughs> I would have distracted myself twenty five times with a neighbor who wasn't here. Yeah. And I, I have to say, you're asking profound questions. I have to say that the deepest, richest resource that I discovered was my love for God, for life, was beyond mm. everything else. And that was a turning point. Yeah, God creates almost like a – what is God? What is God to you? A hug. Like the – like. Yeah, I was going to say a blanket. Is what a I was gonna blanket. Say. Yeah. God creates like a blanket, whereas before you were like this isolated node. You're like a like a like a digitized node. <laughs> Did he just say a digitized node? Yeah, we become our environment. So many people are like are like so deeply steeped in technology. You know, it's like we we start to mimic it. I did not become a node. I did become. This is profound. I did become a praying. Holy, humbled, compassionate soul that realized this life is going to last as long as it will, and you come in and you leave alone, you better understand the full depths of your own soul. It, it took me a while, and I get scared saying it because I don't want them to test me again. But and right. I, I definitely, definitely passed the test, and it's liberated me now. I feel liberated. Hmm. I think going to seventy. I think when I'm at seventy, which is a little less than three, over three, little three years, um, I will be um, smiling way more hmm. and wearing a lot more purple. Hmm. I just made that up. I don't know what that was random. <laughs> Do you feel like, and <laughs> we can wrap up soon. I know you have a tendency of telling podcast hosts <laughs> when it's time to wrap up. Uh, so just letting, letting you know that we will wrap up soon. Um, what kind of lessons do you feel like you could teach? I think there's a, there's a, a pretty significant fear for women um, aging. It's inculcated into the culture, and so we're doing everything that we can to to like uh, protect ourselves from the the scourge of of aging. You know, and Ramdas, I think it's Ramdas. He has a bit where he talks about how ridiculous it would be if during fall time we were obsessed with keeping the leaves on the trees. You know, we are obsessed with going up and painting the leaves green. And it's literally what we're doing with our bodies. That is so profound. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I am not the teacher that gives the codes. I feel like I'm the teacher that's the example. And in my frequency and in my school and in my community, I have a course called Tell Me a Story where people come and they tell their stories. And I watch a radical adjustment occur in only two weeks. I have a class called 4E where I teach people how to use the four elements and they're not the same after. But it doesn't happen from me giving them the answer. It happens because I love to give people the direct experience of their own rhythm. Yeah. Like I, I shape shift the everything I do is custom. The class is custom designed for you to identify your rhythm. So I don't, you know, Deborah Silverman, could she teach how people how not to age? The simple answer, and you know this, is you have to move every day. Yeah. <clears throat> I and figured that out. Probably, probably surrender, <laughs> accept. Be my guess. I'm definitely speaking. No, of, I think I think what you 36. said about the angels being light, like I, <clears throat> I definitely, when something goes wrong, I let myself really cry. I'm very good at emotional. I wasn't. I didn't mm. come this way wasn't my nature because I'm double ear. You're double water. I'm double. Yeah. I was detached and cut off and full of shit. So it took me yeah. many years to get authentic. So I've learned how to really let the tears. It's, this is the first week since October 7th that I haven't cried every single day. This whole oh, wow. week. Yeah, I have not cried. I did cry once, but nothing like I've been crying. So I let myself are, do that. Are they like uh, shower cries? Big cries, big cries, big cries. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to go there. You're going to get me there. And then, and then there isn't a day that goes by that I don't talk to my best friend whose husband has tolerated me for 30 some years. Cause I have to have someone to communicate. And there isn't a day that goes by that I don't um, do my supplements and take uh, since I was very young. And there yeah. isn't a day that goes by that I'm not 
you know, I literally was making in my pants yesterday from laughing so hard. It's so beautiful. I really appreciate you allowing yourself to um, be so vulnerable right now. It's really cool. You're good it's at like this. A, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yes, you are. How, nobody, <laughs> no one's ever asked me that question before. <clears throat> I think the gift of aging is um, finally facing loneliness and finally understanding. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. Understanding what doesn't matter and just mm. keep walking and keep letting it go and throw it away. Does anything stand out of what doesn't matter? And then we will wrap up, I promise. You know what the biggest one is? It took me so many years. And I know everybody says it, and it's all over Instagram and on the memes. It doesn't matter what you think about me. Yeah. But that's, you know, I've had to be rejected, and people have gotten mad at me, and they don't talk to me anymore. And I've had people really misinterpret, not the ones that I've loved forever. They just know me inside out, and I've never had a problem. But I've had a lot of heartbreak in this lifetime with people that I thought were my soulmates who decided one day that I don't know what they decided. They don't tell me. But that's been absolutely the hardest lesson of all, that I am in love with every one of them. And if I saw them tomorrow, I would walk right up to them and give them a big fat kiss on their cheek and say, I have never stopped loving you. I don't care what happened. Hmm. Do you feel like life presented <laughs> you the exact lesson that you needed? Like that, like those people, over like you, and you formulated over that, and that over response. Over and over. That's my karma. Saturn yeah. opposite Venus. Yeah, you yeah. just you just did the eighth house with me. You just got me into my secret. Yeah, that's my karma. And I have come to know that my heart is trustworthy. It will always stay open. Hmm. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. This is really this was really nice. This was the most beautiful you. podcast. You're gonna get a high score. No one gets me in that deep. That was your eighth house. That was your moon and Scorpio in the twelfth house. You went and snuck in the back room. What's it like? What's it like in there? <laughs> it was nice. It was really beautiful. It was tender. I liked it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you have something that we can, we'll probably put this up um, pretty soon before January. Oh, that's um, so, so cool. You could be an affiliate. Anyone that takes the class, you get a little, I'm telling you right now, cool. anyone that's listening to this, take, just do, it's a guarantee, money back guarantee. Take the first class. It's, it's for six weeks, once a week for two hours on Zoom, 10 people in a room studying your chart. The whole time you're studying your chart. And at the end, you will say, Aaron, that was the best podcast, and thank you so much for turning me on to myself. Hmm. I love that. So where could people go for that? And we don't Everything, have an affiliate just, created just, yet. Just do Deborah Silverman Astrology, just, and, okay. then tell, and then put Aaron's name, and we'll automatically just tell us you okay. met us on this podcast. Okay. Oh, because you'll message that. Cool. I love that. All right. So if people go there um, and they sign up for that, then just mention me, and then you'll get a discount for that. They, you get no. They don't get a discount. They get the read the session, the school. But you don't tell anyone. Get a kickback. <laughs> Why don't instead of giving me a commission, we just give them a discount? Well, or would that be too hard? Excuse me. We have hundreds of people that come into the school. <laughs> now, Aaron's the exception to the rule. Uh, he wants all his people because he's a cancer to get a discount. No. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. All right. So if you want me to, if you want me to, to yeah, just to go to Deborah Silverman Astrology and, and, and go to Instagram. You're going to see me everywhere. Go have fun. Go watch me. Ha ha. I'm so I entertaining. I love that. I would really like to do that. So there's, there's space, there's space in it now. Yeah. 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 You're coming. I'm so excited. All right. Cool. I'll, ch I'll check it out. Okay. Push um, the button now. Bye bye everybody. All right. It's time, time to wrap up. Thank you so much. I appreciate I you. I, um, I, I just want to do a whole, I want to listen to this one again. <laughs> so you'd probably be a, be a good one to, to check into. You probably, we, we'll probably both learn a lot about ourselves. Wow. This is the first podcast that I've recorded where I, I've actually been running like a low-grade fever throughout it. So I appreciate your, your patience with me. You can't even tell. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Just think what he's yeah, like when he's like, healthy. I feel like shit. <laughs> um, but this was good. This is very like motivating, actually. I feel really good. And I'm looking at the sun, obviously, as you can see. So I'm incorporating the, the um, you know, sun element into my into my healing so it's good it's my favorite thing uh, that's what see my necklace i have the sun oh yeah sun's my shit i'm like very deeply deeply associated with the sun that's like uh, i'd imagine that's relevant to my astrology um it's my everything yeah all right cool i appreciate you deb debers debo deb silverman <laughs> the og of astrology i know you like that uh <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. you for thank you for creating such amazing research for people. People go over, they want me to have a come up. They can um, mention my name 
and uh, check out your um, six-week astrology program where you go through, you teach them astrology through their own chart. So it would be an amazing learning experience about themselves, which exactly. to me sounds amazing. Totally. All right, cool. Uh, what's what's the website called? Is it Deborah Silver? Is it how, how's it go? Deborah Silverman Astrology. Deborah Silverman Deborah Astrology. Silver, Three Silver, words. Astrology.com. Okay, cool. Sweet. All right, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. That is it. That is all. I'll see you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. If you did, a pleasant thing you could do is you could take a clip from this episode and you could tag myself at Aaron Alexander and Deborah at Deborah Silverman Astrology on the Instagram or wherever you do your social mediaing and uh, share with people. I think this conversation is valuable. I think Deb is just such a beacon of connection and empathy and deep listening and care. Uh, And I think getting messages from her out in the world is a valuable thing. So appreciate y'all. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing. And uh, thanks for checking out the YouTube page. That is at Align Podcast. Subscribe over there if you want to see the video version of this and the rest of the episodes, as well as instructional content. That's it. That's all. Appreciate you. I'll see you next week.